This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction Show. Joining you at 8am the morning after Arsenal have been defeated, which is not a sentence I've had to say all too often this season, in the Carabao Cup third round against Brighton 3-1 at the Emirates in a game in which few people were able to see. Uh, Of course, the game was not broadcast globally at all, anywhere. And so the only people that saw the live uh, coverage from zero to 90 were those inside the Emirates Stadium. However, there are means of seeing things, and due to the actions of those in and around the ground, uh, there were clips that have come out. Certainly, you could watch back the highlights through Sky Sports, and I certainly think we've got a good enough grasp upon the game to be able to comment on it enough, um, certainly, to watch it back. Thankfully, uh, I have access to things like you know, Y Scout that enable us to do that as well. So in a certainly good position to be able to talk about yesterday's game, the ramifications of the defeats, what it means going forwards, both positively and negatively, and ultimately how I'm feeling about things too. We're going to get the thoughts of you guys in the chat box as well. I hope you've had a good day, good week so far, and I hope importantly that you're good and well. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Good morning to Matt G. Good morning to Jose. Good morning to Temi in the chat box. Good morning to Dave. And Christian, uh, good morning to uh, Nav. Uh, good morning to Christian. And uh, we've got two else in the chat box. Uh, Paul, uh, we've got a few people discussing why or why not they should indeed uh, be caring about this competition. Amira, good morning to you. Uh, good morning to Afsar and Runs with Cows and Stevie. Good morning to Martin. Good morning to Paul. Hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Let's get into it. Okay, so the title of today's show is I Should I Should Be Upset is kind of what I've titled this video because naturally after a defeat, you don't want to be in a position where you're thinking, yay, we lost. And I'm not feeling that way. I'm not feeling that way at all. I, I've said on the show, I've said in an article, I've written this, I've spoken this word. I wanted to progress. I wanted to go through to the next round because I think it would have been beneficial for us, especially in the context of... You know, competitive football returning a little bit sooner for us after the World Cup. We would have played the fourth round on the 20th or the 21st of December. 
giving us a few days before we then get back to Premier League action against West Ham United on Boxing Day. Now what it means is that we've got a nine-day break between Arsenal's last friendly game on the 17th of December and Boxing Day's Premier League return. Now, in yesterday's... Oh, actually, let's, let's go back. Let's go rewind before yesterday's game. Let's rewind to Tuesday, in which Mikel Arteta said in his pre-match uh, media coverage that he said that he wanted to, he was going to put out a very competitive team. He then went forward to make 10 changes from the team that played against Chelsea at the weekend and Arsenal were beaten, uh, were certainly beaten and beaten well. Uh, I think that Arsenal, Arsenal certainly could have had enough to win the game themselves. They created enough chances. They could have defended better. But 10 changes to a team is going to significantly impact the momentum of a side, how it plays with one another, because this team has never played in this orientation of this group of players before. Um, And rather unsurprisingly, it was found out defensively and offensively. Now, it's worth saying that Eddie Nketiah scored a great goal in this game, was unlucky not to get a second. So I do find it a little bit strange that Eddie Nketiah is facing any criticism off the back of this because he's now scored more recently than Gabriel Jesus, of course. This is not a game to be pointing fingers at Eddie Nketiah at all. Uh, I find if anyone's pointing a finger at Eddie Nketiah after this game, it's a case of the guy could do no wrong. He did his job. He scored. He did everything that he needed to do in this game. The rest of the performance was not there, was not good enough from the collective. Uh, and certainly, I find it a little bit revealing when you said Eddie, Eddie and Ketia getting the criticism. And that's coming from someone who's done his fair share of criticising uh, Eddie and Ketia. I do find it ironic that Arteta said he made 10, like 10 <laughs> you know, wanted to go for a competitive team and then made 10 changes. Uh, there, there's something that doesn't quite stack up there. And I am frustrated that we won't have that game on the 20th or the 21st of December. However, I woke up this morning and I wasn't upset. I wasn't upset as in the same way that if we'd have lost against Brighton in the Premier League or in the FA Cup or against Zurich in the last game of the Europa League. I would have been upset had those things happened, but I'm not upset. The reason why I'm not upset is that this competition is Arsenal's fourth priority in a season where our main priorities are showing us certain things that I never thought that we would see. Top of the Premier League table, being able to compete across four competitions next year would have been, I reckon and predict, near impossible, even with reinforcements. There is certainly a need to strengthen this team in January. I think that's obvious and there isn't too much debate about this. But when I did the show on the Arsenal way yesterday uh, after the game, it kind of revealed to me in a way that there are genuinely people out there waiting for Arsenal to lose so they can start moaning again. And I can't get my head around it. I just, it really bugs me that there is this incessant and desperate cry and a need to be able to moan about something. Are we that craving? Are we that bothered that maybe those were wrong about Arteta in the past, that as soon as there is something to just grasp onto, to moan about, that they do? I don't get it. I can't get my head around it. I don't see how the negatives of last night outweigh the positives because the negatives of last night are that A, we not we lost and we got knocked out of a competition that's a trophy, and B, that it's showing us more that the players and the depth of our squads, you know, is not there. Something we've known, something that Arteta can't change during the season and something that Arteta certainly has said that he wants more firepower and has said that in the summer of last year. 
The positives of last night are that A, West Ham also lost, meaning that my argument about having a game on the 20th and 21st doesn't give us any advantage or any disadvantage because West Ham don't have that either. And so we'll be going into that game on Boxing Day in exactly the same situation as us. We've, we made the 10 changes, meaning that the performance and the outcome is not reflective of what we would see on a Premier League pitch. It's reflective of a team that has not played together, that has significant changes. And when you look at Spurs going to Nottingham Forest and playing a near full-strength team by their injuries and losing 2-0, it's like, imagine if we had played the first team and lost this game. I don't think we would have done. I think we would have won relatively comfortably had the first team played from the start. We could all talk about, yeah, but we brought on players like Jesus and Xhaka, etc., etc. But they're coming into a game in the, where the half of the team that's on the field is down and like kind of beat at that point. You're already two goals down with however many minutes that are left. You're never going to see the significant change that you need to. You're just not. It's just not possible. But yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because I've seen more people moaning that I thought I would. I genuinely thought there was kind of a majority feeling. And to be fair, I think the majority aren't that bothered about this. But maybe the minority is larger than I thought. And it's a strange one to see so much attack on Arsenal after yesterday evening. I, for one, am in reflection a little bit relieved that we don't have to play the fourth round or the fifth round or the sixth round or as many games potentially as Manchester City are going to have to play. We move. We've got bigger priorities, bigger things to worry about. And that's what I'm worrying about because the things that I'm genuinely worried about, we're doing bloody well in. So I can't complain all that much. Anyway, uh, let's go to the chat box. That kind of rounds off, uh, you know, part one for me of this show because I needed to get some frustrations out because, you know, there are frustrations from a performance standpoint. I wasn't happy with Fabio Vieira's performance. I wasn't happy with Cedric's performance. I wasn't happy with the fact that we made 10 changes. I did want to see a slightly more competitive team than that. But in reflection, if we've chucked the competition, I think we're going to see ultimately the positives from that. And what the positives are that you can certainly experience from an internet surfing standpoint when you go abroad and that you find yourself unable to watch Arsenal because your typical broadcasting app isn't working is that you can go over to NordVPN and use their fantastic service to keep you safe and secure online and also be able to go and change your geolocation whilst you're abroad so that your usual broadcasting apps that work completely fine and freely in the UK will work fine and freely abroad too. I want to see a better and more secure defence from Arsenal in the next game against Wolves. And I'm sure if we can replicate the security that NordVPN can provide you online, then certainly we'll be fine at keeping a clean sheet at Molyneux at the weekend. If you want to get involved with this offer and get a massive discount on your subscription of a year or two years and get four months free as well, all you need to do is go to nordvpn.com slash guna to get yourself involved with this deal. If you're not happy with the company for any which way or the service that you have been provided during your subscription, there is a 30-day money-back guarantee as well who can save any fairer than that. That's nordvpn.com slash guna. Make sure you get involved. Make sure you support the channel. And as always, let's go to part two right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's jump into part two uh, and go through your comments and your questions. And first of all, a massive welcome in the chat box to a brand new member to Daz. Thank you so much for helping support the channel, mate. Really appreciate your time and your support and uh, the continuing care that people like yourself and others bring to the channel. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, John says, sorry, guys, you can blame me. I predicted 3-1 Brighton. Happy to have less competitions to try and rotate for next year. Uh, Astral Do- uh, Dooley says, uh, yeah, don't care about that cup. Is there something, is, the, is it our fault that we don't care? Because I don't feel like it's our fault that we don't care. I feel like it's the fault of those that are creating this many tournaments, those that are forcing clubs to play this many games, those that are creating a schedule which requires a squad of more than, I think, 25, arguably, at times, especially for those teams that suffer significant injuries. Is it our fault that we don't care as much? Because I don't think it is. I think as soon as they made the Carabao Cup a little bit of a comedic competition by giving it the reward of a UEFA Conference League place, then it kind of lost all of its, any of its, what was left of its reputation. That that in itself just demeaned it because the UEFA Conference League is just a money-grabbing scheme, you know, basically at this stage. It really is. I, there's, there's no need for it to exist. Yes, you could say that it gives opportunities for smaller teams to play in European competition, but let's be real. There are teams in that competition that, A, drop down from the Europa League, which when you see Champions League teams dropping into the Europa League itself, in my opinion, it diminishes the legitimacy of the tournament. And then it happens in the Conference League as well. There are teams in the Premier League, in Spain, the Bundesliga, that are of a size that have played European competition plenty of times before. And are going to absolutely knock out the teams that play in that competition without little problem. I mean, who won it last year? Was it Roma? One of the most successful teams in Europe still. You know, it's not as if, you know, this left field side that nobody knows came along and won the UEFA Conference League. It was Roma who have an 80 million pound valued striker in Tammy Abraham. So, you know, it's hardly, and Jose Mourinho as their manager has won every competition on the planet. Uh, it pretty much that he's been in a club for. So, Bar Spurs, lol. Um, so, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, I just don't really get why that competition exists beyond commercial and financial reasons. And that being the reward for winning the Carabao Cup, if anything, diminishes that competition even further. Alison says, let's be clear, Arsenal don't have the squad depth to challenge on four fronts. Arsenal have their priorities, absolutely. Uh, Marcus says, is it a worry that the backups didn't perform? We are going to get injuries and can we rely on those from last night? We can't rely on those from last night, I don't think, to play as a group. No, William Saliba was the the only player that uh, continued from the game at the weekend. We played our third choice goalkeeper in net who made a big, big mistake. Unlucky, unfortunate. I feel bad for the kid. You know, it wasn't a mistake in terms of, you know, should have saved something that he didn't save. He slipped and then put him on the back foot. And he did what most goalkeepers would have done in that example and tried to go for the ball and ended up taking down 
Danny Welbeck, who didn't celebrate against us, did celebrate against Man United. That kind of tells you the difference between the two clubs, if you've ever seen one. Um, and by the way, I don't know who's booing Danny Welbeck, but there were people booing Danny Welbeck. I mean, what, what on earth are you doing? Why are you booing Danny Welbeck? <laughs> he helped us get to an FA Cup final by scoring against his old team. He helped us nearly get as far as we could in a Premier League title race, the closest we've been to a Premier League title race in a long time when he beat when he enabled us to beat Leicester in those last minutes. You're booing Danny Welbeck. Goodness me, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with you? You didn't celebrate and you're booing him. God, jeez, goodness me. James says, the frustration for me is that it shows that when the inevitable injuries occur, we do not have the depth at this time and I fear Arsenal are not providing the required investment in January. Um, this follows on from Marcus's question, should we be worried? You know, Arsenal, I hope, and I have genuine optimism around the feel, around the feeling that we will invest and we will, re, uh, we will reinforce in January. But we can't reinforce until then. So I'm not going to worry about that until then. I can't, I'm not going to worry about a problem that we can do nothing about until January. I'm not going to do that. It's pointless. It's needless stress. I always tell people, don't worry about a problem until it until it needs to be worried about. And we don't need to worry about that problem right now because we can't change it. If you can't change, if you can't do anything to change a problem, then why let it stress you now? Worry about it when the ability for you to change it is there and you're not doing anything to do that. That's when you should worry about that problem. I don't need to worry about it right now because there's nothing I can do to change it. And there's nothing Arsenal can do to change it until that January window. So I'm not going to stress myself. I'm not going to worry myself. I don't need to do that. It's as simple as that. Uh, by the way, my voice, as you probably heard, is not in the best condition this morning. Uh, MJ10, I'm feeling much the same. I wish I could have watched the game so I can offer a valid opinion on the performance. But at the end of the day, the League Cup to me has never been a big deal. Uh, the Martian defender says, definitely not bothered about last night. Not playing potentially another three or four rounds post New Year when we're in the title challenge. Bye-bye, Cup of a Million Names. Uh, Ikwan says, I've been listening for some time, but can you turn up your voice volume a tad? Uh, the louder to match the intro. I'm struggling to usually re-listening. What I will do is I've got a day off today, so I will lower the volume of the intro. That's easier. I can't turn up my voice volume. Uh, it's actually harder for me to do that. So I'll try and turn down the uh, the intro musics for you. That's That shouldn't be a problem. Um, Ink Stimist says, uh, get Danilo in January, sign a pre-contract with Tillemans to get him on a free. You can't do that, first of all. You can't sign a pre-contract agreement with a player that plays in the same league as you. Only players can sign pre-contract agreements with teams outside of the league that they're in when they have six months left on his contract. So we can't do that. But we can try and get Danilo in January. Sell El Nenny and loan out Lakonga. Midfield sorted. I would argue that, if anything, there's not much change beyond it. Actually, if anything, um, you've made the, the, the midfield weaker. You've sold El Nenny. You've loaned out Lakonga. You've brought in one midfielder to replace them. And then you want to sign a pre-contract agreement with a player that's not going to join until the summer, which cannot be done. Sorry for being so patronising, but <laughs> that is true. You're weakening the midfield. There is no need to get rid of Elneny and Lokonga in January unless you're going to add more midfielders than you're moving on. Keep Elneny, keep Lokonga to the end of the season, loan Lokonga in the summer, bring in a midfielder in January, reinforce. Don't weaken ourselves. Let's, let's not do that. Uh... Christian says, Tom, have you changed your stance now, but Samuel Lekonga yet, or Albert Samuel Elneny yet? No, I mean, we're watching him play in a weakened Arsenal team. What, what, what are we expecting? I can't get anything from individual performances from yesterday, really. I can't get anything. I, I can't get anything at all from that game. 
I can't get anything. I can't. What can I grasp from it? What can I grasp from a performance of a player that's playing with nine other outfield players that are significantly worse than everybody that plays in the first team? When he played against Aston Villa, those are the types of performances I look to. When he was great against Aston Villa in the Premier League when he played in our first team. When we went to Manchester United, he made two mistakes. Two mistakes in that game out of a game in which he played well. Those two mistakes, unfortunately, undermined his performance. But a lot of other things happened in that game. You know, a lot of other things happened in those moments that could have been stopped and stopped those mistakes from costing us, but they didn't. Uh, Lee says, well, you're at the game, Tom. I only ask, because if you were not there, then how can you judge how people played? Stats suggest Nelson played a really well. Uh, Lee, I don't know if you managed to tune in to any of the streams that are available, thanks to people that are at the game or streaming on Instagram, but there were ways to watch the game yesterday still. There weren't the best ways to watch the game, but there were ways to watch the game yesterday, Lee. So we managed to tune in. Uh, AJ says, I'm honestly not that fussed about going out. At the end of the day, our squad is is too thin to stay competitive in four competitions. I'd much rather stay fit and healthy in a league and the Europa. Absolutely. And Matthew says, Tom, from what you saw of Vieira last season, are you surprised his underwhelming contributions in an AFC shirt? Will Arteta be concerned or will he have envisaged this? I'm not worried about Vieira, just like Arteta said he's not worried about Vieira. The guy had no preseason. The guy's come into a completely different league. He's barely playing because he's already got a player in his position. When he does play, it's either, as I say, in a team that is significantly weakened compared to the competitive side. And when he played and started in the first Premier League game that he got, he scored and played well. So I'm not really worried about Vieira in any way, shape or form. And I think if you are worried about Vieira then don't be. You don't need to be. There's no There's no reason to be worried, I don't think, about a player that's playing in weaker teams, rarely, and didn't get a preseason. Loads of time for him to adjust, loads of time for him to change, and I am all on board to give him that uh, extra bit of leash and rope because I don't need to worry about it. The difference between him and, say, Lokonga is Lokonga played a lot of games in the Premier League last season, and I was impressed with him. You know, I was impressed with what Lokonga did at the start of the season and really played during that um, that first half or first third, I suppose, of the season. I was really happy with that. He's not been given the opportunities to play enough, I don't think, in the first team. Uh, Eddie Nketiah has scored last night and you're still seeing people moan about him. I mean, what more can he do? He scored. He had another great opportunity to score and got very close, hit the post. So, you know, it's, I think for some people, there's just, you know, there's never going to be any pleasing, unfortunately. There's never going to be any positives to take from some players. It's just how it is. Uh, Jonathan says, I think it's less about feeling that we are above this competition and more like humble enough to admit that we don't have the squad to go all the way in four. Jonathan, I think that's probably the most sensible uh, conclusion from the game and the way that you put it in terms of that tournament. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to look at it. Um, Clockwork Tangerine says, think the teams who qualify for Europe, they should be omitted from the League Cup, which benefits players' welfare and gives non-European teams a good chance at a trophy. I understand that. I, I don't think you could do it. I think that would, if anything, completely undermine the competition's legitimacy. Uh, it's it's like, a, I think, for, I, I don't have too much of an issue with the whole under-21 teams playing in the uh, the FA trophy. Is it the FA, EFL trophy? Uh, I don't have too much an issue with under-21 teams playing in that competition. I know that lower league team fans do, and I sympathise because I understand. I think their arguments are fair, but I don't have too much of a problem with those under-21s teams playing in that competition personally. But I do support one of the teams that has their under-21s playing in that competition, so I'm probably biased. Um, But I think the benefits of, of them playing in that competition outweigh the negatives 
of that competition's benefits to teams who have gone on to win it anyway. You know, an under-21 team has never won that competition since they've been involved. So uh, at the moment, I don't really think it's an issue right now, to be honest, at all. Um, let's get rid of you. Uh, Amira says, feels like it's hard to be invested slash take a competition seriously when you can't watch it. It's very true. Although, as I say, there were certainly ways of watching the game yesterday. Uh, Nav says, Nelson did play, to be honest. I saw his assist and him run through the opposition defence a few times. But again, it was a weakened team. Uh, Nick says, when Leicester won the league, I doubt they went far in the domestic cups and certainly didn't have European football almost being relegated the season before. It's funny because I actually went to Leicester away at Hull I think it was in the League Cup that season. I think it was. Um, if I go Hull 1-0 Leicester, I think it was 2015. I think, I think Truba Akpon played. Uh, let's, let's find this. No, that's the Premier League. I'm sure it was the League Cup. I'm sure that it was the League Cup. And I'm sure it was in 2015. It might have been on penalties. Uh, Hull versus Leicester, 2015 EFL Cup. I'm sure it was that season. Um, Abel Hernandez, Riyad Mahrez scored extra time. Who won on penalties? Someone won on penalties. Uh, for some reason, it's not coming up as an answer. I don't know why. But Hull played Leicester City, and I'm sure that Chuba Akpon came off the bench. I'm sure that he, he did. Okay, so I was at this game. I don't know. Actually, I do know why I was at this game. I was at university in Nottingham, and a friend of mine had a friend who was a Leicester fan. And so on a weekend off or a week, a midweek, we could a midweek game. We traveled from Nottingham to Hull to watch Hull beat the Leicester team that won the league during that season. It was one of the only times they lost throughout the entire campaign. And I was there for that game and they went out in the first round of the competition to Hull um, in a game that was, I mean, you look at the, you look at the team that uh, Leicester used in that fixture Shinji Okazaki and Andre Kramaric are up front. Joseph Dodu, do you remember him? He was a really highly rated young player at Leicester. Jochen Inla, Mark Albright and Andy King. Uh, Johan Beneluan, uh, Marcin Valievski, Ben Chilwell playing and Richie Delat, a very young Ben Chilwell at the time. And Mark Schwarzer was in goal. Some classic names there. Andrew Robertson was playing, as was Harry Maguire and Michael Dawson in a back four for Hull City along with Moses Adubajo. Um, so there you go. <laughs> quite the game, quite the left field fixture. But yeah, I mean, do Leicester care? No, they won the league that season and they don't certainly care. Uh, they played 40 games in their title winning season, says Niamdi. I don't know how accurate that is, but how accurate that is, is probably a really good indication of why they were able to go and win that competition. So I, I again, Absolutely agree. It's really not a frustration for me. I think I saw Sophie, who's a very good friend of mine. I do disagree with her point of view. I think I saw it in response to, it might have been Clive's tweet. Uh, I will give Sophie the credit because let me find the tweet. Because it was in response to Clive. Yeah, Clive says, uh, pain will be gone by the morning. Move on. Uh, Sophie said, will it? Question mark. Losing doesn't ease that easily. Haven't won the League Cup since 92-93. A trophy is a trophy. This is poor and an embarrassing result. I disagree. I don't personally think it's embarrassing at all, especially when we've made 10 changes and there is so many mitigating circumstances to explain why we made those changes. I understand the frustration, especially, you know, we haven't won this competition for a long time. It'd be great to see if we won a trophy. It is a trophy. But 
I personally think that the benefits of not being in this competition outweigh the uh, the yeah outweigh the benefits of being in this competition. A competition that we'd have to go and play what another four rounds? It's round of sixteen. Was it? Is it quarterfinals? No, it's round of sixteen next quarterfinals, semifinals. I don't know if there's still two legs. That, by the way, is a joke. Why does this competition have a two-legged semi-final? If it does anymore, I don't know if they've scrapped it yet. And, of course, um, we're in a situation where you don't have to play a final, probably against the Man City side or another big team that are going to go and win it anyway. And also, Man City went through. You know, that gives them extra competitions, to extra matches to play in. So they're going to have to worry about that. I'm not worried about the fact that we went out this competition. Uh, and I'm not bothered either. Uh, Amira says, are we too critical sometimes of the likes of Eddie and Vieira when they aren't affecting Premier League games as subs? Uh, even us Premier League starters get subbed on in cup games and don't affect the cat. It's a great point. You know, Jesus, Xhaka, Martinelli had barely any impact at all on these games. It's a great question, Amira. It's a fantastic question. We're getting annoyed at what's being brought off the bench and that they're not uh, adding enough from the bench in Premier League games. And yet, if we look at some of the Premier, if we look at some of the Europa League games, if we look at this game, those Premier League starters coming off the bench, how many of them have had a genuine, real big impact on those games? Not many. Not many at all. Uh, in the PSV game, where we were 2 0 down, we brought on some of the starters, didn't change a thing, still lost that game. In the, Buddha, in the Zurich game at home when we were 1-0 up, we brought on Partey, you know, to try and control the midfield. Didn't change anything. Zurich still gave us a nervy last 15 minutes. That's a fantastic point. And I am going to absolutely take it, Amira. <laughs> a fantastic point. Um, DR says, who should be the top priority after selling uh, a number, NUN, nine for 40 million? Uh, <laughs> oh, someone's trying to wind me up. Nuno Tavares for 40 million quid. Never going to happen. Um, if that is who you're talking about, I don't know who else it could be. But 40 million quid. I mean, who's going to be the top priority after we sell somebody in the team? I don't know who's going to go for 40 million quid. Who are we going to sell for 40 million quid? Maybe Kieran Tierney, potentially. I think that uh, what we will find ultimately is Arsenal hopefully investing significantly in January. That's what we want to see. That's what we hope to see. And uh, it will improve the team to a point where we can go and compete better in three competitions that we have left. By the way, I don't want us to chuck the FA Cup. I do want us to progress in the FA Cup. If we go up against a lower league team, we can make several changes. I do want us to go and progress and go as far as we can in the FA Cup. I really value the FA Cup. It's a competition that I really would like to see us win again. Um, however, if you said to me that I can chuck the FA Cup and have a genuine title challenge to the last day of the season, I'm probably leaning towards the latter. If that makes me a bad person, I'm sorry. But I value trying to really push as high up the table as possible as, as the priority, the most important thing possible. Um, Matthew says, I'm not bothered about going out of the League Cup, but I do wonder about Arteta's judgment, something to learn from. In what sense, Matthew? Please expand. Please expand on that one for me. Uh, Aya says, Eddie has had plenty of time and only impressed last season when his contract was up in the air. The guy is average and we seriously need an upgrade. This is a great example of a comment that can be changed by not changing anything of its meaning, but just looking at it from a different perspective. So a valid point. Eddie Nketiah has plenty of time and only impressed last season when his contract was up in the air. Let's just change that slightly. Eddie Nketiah has had plenty of time and impressed when played in a first team of starters 
regularly every week in comparison to this season where he has played and started regularly in a team that has been heavily changed and yet he still managed to score three goals. You see how two things can exist and be polar opposites and yet both be true. It's all about perspective. It's about how you view something. And I think both arguments are fair. You know, I think both arguments are fair. Um, has Matthew expanded on his point yet? No, but I look forward to seeing it. Um, Bola Cape says, uh, when looking at future investments in the centre of the pitch, who would be your three main targets that are the minimal value of 50 million, as that is the quality that we need to go for? Quick point, quality does not equal expense. Uh, we have managed to get some amazing players for money that is not anywhere close to 50 million quid. It's a really big misconception. Don't fall into that trap. Just because Arsenal's been big on a player doesn't guarantee you quality. Just go and look at, I don't know, Nicolas Pepe, for instance. You know, record signing. Hasn't given us any more than our youngster coming through at Hale and Bakai Saka has. Hasn't given us any more than Gabriel Martinelli, who we spent five million quid on yet. You know, so I don't think you can necessarily equate money spent and quality in the same thing. However, three future investments that I think would cost around or more than 50 million that we should be targeting. Declan Rice is nowhere near a priority for me. I would be looking at someone like Jude Bellingham well ahead of someone like Declan Rice. I think that Rafael Liao is potentially another one at AC Milan to come in as one of those really versatile forward options. And in another area, I suppose we look at centre mids and we look at DM. You know, a DM centre mid, you're looking at Jude Bellingham, a defensive midfielder that's going to cost you upwards of 50 million, that's going to sit and compete with Thomas Partey. It's very difficult to find someone on that kind of level. Off the top of my head, Ibrahim Sangara, potentially, is probably the one that immediately comes to mind. You know, I didn't think he was great against Arsenal, but I know his quality. I know that he's good. He's probably the one that I would look to. Uh, so, yeah, you go Jude Bellingham, Ibrahim Sangara and Rafael Liao. That would be what it is. Uh, Jason says 660 for a pint of the Emirates. What the heck? Yeah, I mean, get used to that, mate. <laughs> you go to many stadiums, it's going to cost you similar money, especially in London. Uh, Charlie says, can we bring Balogun back or is it a season-long loan? We can. We have recall clauses in his contract. We don't need to recall him. You know, keep him playing at Rons, keep him playing every week, let him develop, get him improved, bring him back in the summer, integrate him into the team. Simple as that. Uh, Carl says, headline, Arsenal ready to sell Nuno Tavares for 40 million, says Tom Canton. The press have been really slow on this story. <laughs> Cheeky guys in the chats trying to mug me off. AJ says, thoughts on the rumours of getting Mudrik on loan in January to make it permanent. Why Why would they accept that? No, they, they don't need to accept that. They're like, no, if you want him, pay you the money and you can have him. It's as simple as that. They don't need to. They don't need to do that. They don't need to send him on loan first and then get the money. Even if it was an obligatory clause to pay it, they don't need to do that. Uh, Undead uh, Minion says, I really couldn't care about yesterday's game. It's only, cu it's only cup people or clubs like Liverpool and Tottenham that can battle it out for us. Gooners want silverware, not cutlery. It is still funny that Spurs went out. The fact they played their first team and still managed to lose and don't have another competition to try and win. But the most likely competition they could win and now they can't. Funny indeed. Uh, let's go for Dan says, wait, Tom thinks that we can sell Pepe and Tavares for £70 million? No, I never said that. <laughs> I think we'll be lucky to get £40 million for the pair. 
I think we'd be lucky to get that. I think we'd be lucky to get 35 million for the pair. We might even be lucky to get 30 million for the pair. You know, <laughs> I just don't see us getting anything more than really 35 million for the two of them combined. I really don't. Uh, Hager says, what's Madrid cost? Probably upwards of 50 million pounds. Uh, James, the Emirates to do one, buy one, get one free on beer for the first 30 minutes, which makes the price more tenable. Um, for the first 30 minutes, when? From what time? It's really early, I assume, usually, and people don't really like getting in the stadiums because they can buy a beer cheaper outside the stadium and, you know, in an environment where they're elsewhere and then they can move to the stadium. It's part of the culture. I typically, you know, if I'm a fan, I don't go into the stadium until about 15, 20 minutes before kickoff, usually. Um, people might say that's bad. People might say that we should add to the stadium atmosphere earlier on. And to be fair, during certain games, I think I would get to the stadium earlier. If it was a North London derby, I would, you know, if we were going out for really big games. But I do think that, you know, the pubs and places like that around the stadium are part of the match day experience. Being outside the ground, talking to your friends, you know, I think that is part of the match day experience. I don't have an issue with people getting into the stadium as long as they get there 15 to 20 minutes before kickoff. You know, if you're turning up on kickoff and then expecting to get in the ground with those ridiculous cues, that's probably a bit naive. If you're getting to the ground in good time and you're able to get in the stadium 15 to 20 minutes before the game starts, I think that's fair. You know, I think that's absolutely fair. Um, so I don't I don't necessarily agree with the criticism that people should be turning up hours and hours before the game starts. I don't think that's fair. I think if you can turn up to the game and you're in the ground with 15, 20 minutes to go, I think that's fine. Absolutely fine. Um, James says the pubs are for breakfast drinking. So depends if it's an evening game. If you If you're breakfast drinking for an evening game, potentially there's a problem. Potentially, you have a problem. The dearie me. Anyway, um, thank you so much for going and tuning in to today's show and dealing with my voice, which is not on 100% form today. I'm now going to rest it for probably most or the rest of the day. I am joining our good friend Albert on the Arsenal Lounge a little bit later on this afternoon, 6 o'clock-ish, 6.30-ish, I think. Um, so you can join me there for more discussion around today's game. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you as it always is. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.